Believe it or not, it's another VO podcast with three guys who are full-time voice actors at different stages of life, career, and location. But they have formed a bond and work together to hold each other accountable and help each other on their VO path. Three guys from different backgrounds working together, helping each other, and sharing with you along the way. Hey, what are we calling it again? It's It's another another VO VO podcast. podcast. Okay, okay, guys. Sorry. I get it. Come on. You're not my dad's. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's another VO podcast. And like we promised all throughout uh, the holiday season, we have interview, interview, interview. We have today my first coach. Mine too. Mike Hathcote. Welcome, Mike. What up? How y'all doing? Doing great. Great to have you. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. I started coaching with Mike right when the pandemic hit. I don't know yeah. if you remember that or not. We were, yeah. well, I had picked up what you were then calling the six pack mm-hmm. and we met a couple times and then the world shut down <laughs> and <laughs> Mike's like the outside of my family, the only person I got to talk to for a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm glad I was there for you, sir. Thanks buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of it was happening around. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> The thing about voice actors is that we, I even posted something this like this on social media one time, uh, you know, we already social distance <laughs> and, uh, That's you know, right. we, uh, we're kind of locked in our little booths every day. So, yeah. Yep. That is very true. And, uh, Mike Hathcote was, you were just nominated for a Sovas for your narration demo. I was, I was. Congrats on that. Thanks, man. Yeah. I know you guys yeah. just did one, did an episode on the, the awards thing. We did um, came but, out today, actually. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was it was a cool surprise. That Heck is yeah. pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And we we offered lots of opinions uh, over, over awards and and all of that, and probably covered the gamut yeah. of how people might feel and and maybe even utilize awards to their benefit in their marketing. And I stuff. think we were oh, trying to stabilize the people that were freaking out. Yeah, thinking you know well. I had a really good demo. Why wasn't it nominated? Well, did you enter it to be nominated? Did you pay the <laughs> yeah. fee to be considered? And a lot of people don't know. They don't understand how all that works. So yeah, we try this, to clear some of that up and then probably confuse it even more. It's usually what we do. But This right. one was my, the the producer, Anne, Anne Ganguza. I'm sure you know who she is. Um, oh, yeah. She's the one who, who submitted it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and... <laughs> Interesting story about that demo. It was it was my corporate narration demo. Um, nice. And I recorded it with pneumonia. <laughs> so, what? Yeah. Oh, so uh, I listened to it, and it sounds really good. You Thanks. Yeah. Can't tell. I, I've been doing. Um, I've been dealing with this. Uh, I had pneumonia, and then that developed into valley fever. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. It's something no. that you get out here in the south uh, southwest. Yeah. That, it's kind of a, a a lung infection that can infect your whole body, and I've been dealing with that since July, and still. Oh have my it. gosh! Oh um, my goodness! Just tested positive the other day again. Um, so anyway, it is what it is. But luckily, it hasn't affected the the voice, so I'm still working. Well, no yeah. fun, but yeah, your your demo sounds really good, and I hope Thanks. you get a ton of work off of it. Thanks. Um, so Mike, uh, Mike helped me put together one of my early demos. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a hybrid approach where he, he like, and produced the demo for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike doesn't do that, but he'll coach you and help you pick out good spots and put together a demo. If you're just getting started like I was when I got uh, uh, coaching from Mike, 
that's a great way to get some of your first demos that will help you get some of that early work. And then you can graduate up to better and better demos, which, you know, may win a service. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, and that's, that's and the reason why I call it a hybrid is that it's, um, you know, in a normal demo pro pro quote unquote pro demo situation, you, you, you have a session with the, co- with the, uh, the producer and record all the spots or whatever, and then you send everything over to them and then they, they pretty it up and they put all the, the bells and whistles on there and then hand it back to you. And then there's your demo. Well, this is kind of a, a hybrid because we have some of that direction, but we also put a little bit of, uh, you know, onus on the, on the talent to actually do some of the work. So you get, you kind of have more skin in the game, if that makes sense. And so you get your hands dirty and you can kind of learn the process versus just having something handed to you. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of why we, we call it a a hybrid demo. Yeah. And it's not just all in our hands either. Um, You helped me learn how to add some sound effects in the right spot to, to kind of give it a little more depth, a little more, um, uh, appearance, you know, of being a top tier demo. And it really helped me a lot when I did that and listened to my demo over and over again. I mean, you, you listened multiple times oh, yeah. and heard little things that I wasn't hearing. Yeah. And yeah. that was a tremendous help. It's so hard to do a DIY, a hundred percent DIY demo, just because it's really hard to self-direct. You know, you have, mm-hmm. you have to be, it's hard to be subjective on yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having that other person to guide you through the, not only the performance aspect, but also the, the technical side of, you know, adding all the music and sound effects and picking the right styles, you know, uh, to put together is, is crucial. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mike was the person that he, I don't even know if he remembers this. He accidentally branded me. Um, we were doing the spots and I had this one in there. I was trying to do everything in, in my regular voice. And I had this one and it was work boots. And I go into this, you know, red wing work boots or whatever it was. I don't yeah. even remember. It, it was a, a version of red wing. And he's like, damn, that's, that's blue collar, man. That's your niche. That's what you're going to do. That's your first spot. And sure enough, here we are three years later. I, that's definitely my niche. I book the heck out of that. That's so. it. And you kill it, dude. I mean, you, I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> I like, I, I like to work with people who know their strengths and weaknesses and, you know, capitalize on their strengths. And then of course, you know, you want to, you want, and I don't want to <laughs> say weaknesses, let's, let's call it areas of opportunity. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, the fact that you just leaned into that and are now just, you know, crushing it using that same, you know, that same thing is just, is killer. Love it. Super proud. Yeah. It's always, you know, it's either take one or take two on some auditions because some people don't want that. They want just a regular thing. And I work Mm -hmm. on that. I I coach with Tom on trying to develop a more Gen Am character for some Mm -hmm. things and it's helping. It's I'm booking more of that now than I was before, but the bread and butter is right where it started. And it's amazing where a lot of people, you know, they may have that natural ability, but they want to shy away from it because they're afraid it won't catch on or it won't yeah. sell or it won't book. Yeah. There's not much that won't book in voiceover. Uh, and I think that great example we heard the other day from Sound and Fury, there were, you know, 700 and some odd book jobs, but 680 something different booked voice actors. Mm-hmm. So that tells you, you may not book over and over and over in that same thing with a repeat client somehow in that genre. But if you'll stick to your guns, it'll come around if you're good at it. It'll work out. Absolutely. 
Well, this may Crazy. open up a question I have for you, Mike, um, because you just redid one of your demos. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to, uh, to, to us about how voice actors can determine whether it's time to update their demo or to produce a new demo or go get a new demo done for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this was actually the first demo that I had done that was uh, specific to corporate narration. I'd done other previous, you know, narration style demos that had, you know, e-learning and stuff built into them. But this is the first one that was completely centered on just corporate. Yeah. Um, but to the broader question, um, there's a couple of ways that it, you can kind of get a gauge on whether it's time. Number one is, are your skills you know, at a different level now as you know, than they were when you recorded your first demo. Hopefully you've been doing some coaching and learning and, and kind of sharpening your skills. And if you, if you know that your uh, skills are in a newer place than they were say a year, two, three ago, when you did your other demo, then yes, it's time to go ahead and do a new one. Um, another one is whether or not trends have changed. Mm-hmm. So there are some trends that are kind of, you know, uh, in vogue that that like right now these little eight second spots i mean who would have thought that an eight second spot would be a thing well those people are doing eight second spot demos now um i know jmc specializes in those Mm. um so you know follow the trend see what's what's booking what styles are booking and if you're if your uh demo doesn't represent that then maybe it's time to do a new one um Obviously, following podcasts and, and, you know, in the industry to find out what those trends are or just listen to commercials, you know, whether it be on yeah on TV, radio, Spotify, wherever, you know, YouTube and just kind of go, oh, there's one that I've not really I don't have one like that on my demo. Maybe I should do that. Mm hmm. Yeah, if you've still got the iPhone 6 and the 2016 Chevy Silverado, it's time to update. Yeah, and I'll, whenever I work with somebody on a demo, I always we always make sure that there are no dated. Right. Yeah, that's nothing. a good yeah. move. Yeah, yeah. That's right. a good move. You know, the, yeah, the 2016 Chevy Silverado. No, we're not going to do that. What <laughs> we can do, though, is we, we can kind of change up the script a little bit. And instead of in the demo saying the, the, you know, the, the, the 2016, we say, you know, the new Chevy Silverado or something right, like that. Right. Um, uh, a lot of people will also ask, well, should I put, you know, a Christmas one or a Fourth of July one or something like that? That's okay. Because we have those every year, right? right? It's not it's not dated. It's not like this date in, you know, in history. It's well, every year we have a 4th of July, every year we have a holiday one. So, it's fine. That's interesting. Yeah. I would think maybe that would be more like for a certain type of demo, but that's I mean, but you make it make sense if they does come every year, right? Yeah, I mean like for instance, uh, you know, like uh the, the example I always use is like those Ashley furniture commercials where they're they're super high energy, you know, and you know, this weekend at the Ashley Home Stores 4th of July blowout event, you know, it's okay to do one of those on your demo because yeah. 4th of July happens every year and it's not going to get dated. Yep, makes yeah. sense. And it's really the style <laughs> that they're hearing. Yeah, yeah, know. that that over the top style or whatever style they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm curious because I haven't heard your voiceover story, your journey and how you got into voiceover. And if you could include, tell us about that, how you got into voiceover, but also include how you started, how you picked up and added coaching to your resume. Okay. Yeah. Um, So I started in radio uh, in 1995. And I thought that at the time that that was what I wanted to 
you know, do for my career. And I enjoyed it. I did it for several years and I was in my, you know, mid twenties. And, um, at the time I was also a competitive skateboarder. And so I figured at the time I, my career was kind of picking up a little bit there. And so I decided, well, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this radio thing on hold and go skate while I was young enough and breakable, uh, to go skate. And so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so I did that for several more years and, and I was still kind of doing, you know, voice projects, you know, just side hustle, kind of word of mouth, you know, very seldom. Um, until about 10 years ago, I started thinking a lot more seriously about, you know, I'm getting, you know, I'm in my forties now, early forties. Um, and I want to, I want to do something more for me. I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. anyway. I've always, you know, I own my own skateboard parks and things like that. But <clears throat> uh, so I started looking into it a little bit more seriously. And uh, finally, the universe told me <laughs> when that, when I got laid off from GoDaddy uh, that it's time, you know, I, 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 I use that as a signal to say, okay, well, <clears throat> there's the signal. Let's do it. And uh, so I just, one day I was employed with them. The next day I was doing this full time. And um, as far as how coaching goes, um, I just started getting a lot of people after, you know, doing it for a few years. Um, I started getting people reaching out to me, you know, asking, you know, how do I get into it and what do I need to do and, and that kind of thing. And I never set out to really be a, a, a VO coach, you know, mm -hmm. Um but enough people started asking me for help. I was like, well, shoot, maybe I, maybe I know a thing or three about this. And yeah. so started doing some coaching. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's kind of how, how we landed where we are now. Cool. Cool. I, I, I knew about your skateboarding, uh, competing in, you know, history. You post a lot of your uh, skateboarding stuff on Instagram. Yep. Yep. So what, what, what makes you determine what you're going to post on Instagram versus LinkedIn versus Facebook? And, and how does that relate to marketing yourself and, yeah. and showing who you are to, uh, to a broader audience? Excellent question. So Instagram is a, a kind of its own little animal in that it's okay on Instagram to kind of show other aspects of your life, uh, other than just your VO stuff, right? Like uh, you'll, you'll see stuff on there for VO. You'll see, see stuff on there for, you know, skateboarding, uh, family stuff, you know, friend, whatever, you know, that's okay because it's nice to show people that you're a real person and that you have real interests and, and, and you do other things besides VO. Um, the key on there is the hashtags, right? When I post something yeah. that's VO related, I'm going to put all the VO hashtags on there. And, and by the way, this is a, this is a big confusion to a lot of people. When I say VO hashtags, I don't mean every variation of VO, VO, <laughs> you know, voiceover, voice actor, right. voice talent. I don't even, I, I think I do one voiceover hashtag. All the rest are the companies that I want to get in front of. Yeah you know, the, the industries, right? So I'm going to post things like, uh, the hashtag video production, commercial production, e-learning production, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. I couldn't, I, I couldn't care less. Um, if other voice talent 
see my stuff, right? They're not going to hire me, most right. likely. So I want to get in front of the people who are most likely to hire me. Yeah. So those are the hashtags that I use. Uh, so that's how Instagram is kind of its own thing. Now, when it comes to LinkedIn, LinkedIn is all business, right? I'm not posting anything but VO stuff on there. And of course, I'm hashtagging all the same stuff on there. Um, and here's another little thing that that might be a little controversial, but uh, or I don't not controversial. What's the word? Kind of outside the box. Yeah, I'm connected with. I don't know. It's, it's, I can't remember how many connections I have on there, but I've I've been systematically going through and eliminating connections on LinkedIn who would have no chance of hiring me. Hmm. Right. Um, with the exception of a few voice talent that I'm connected to on there, I have eliminated most everyone that I was connected to before who, you know, if I, if I have somebody that's, you know, a friend from high school who works at a, a plant somewhere, you know, I'm not gonna, they're not gonna hire me. So let's connect on Facebook, something that's a little bit more, you know, on the social side versus the business side. Because the LinkedIn algorithm is only going to show my stuff to so many people. Yeah. So I don't want to waste those impressions on people who would never have a chance of hiring me. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. So, so I've, you know, I want to make sure that I get the maximum value for every single post. So I, I make sure that the people who are, who are not going to, are just not going to see the stuff. So I just disconnect. Um, that might be a little, in, you know, back, not a backwards way, but uh, in con, an unconventional way to do things. But if you just think of the math, if my posts are only going to get seen by X number of people, I want to make sure that every single one of them is a potential client or yeah. a current client. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. That's, that's really good advice or yeah. knowledge to drop. <laughs> so is yeah, that happy to connect on all the other places, but yeah, when it comes to LinkedIn, I want to, I want to streamline things and make sure that everything is, you know, uh, directed to the right people. Right? Yeah. Now, do you have a uh, similar focus on like a uh, Facebook page? For your business uh, I have a, versus I have, a Facebook, your personal feed? Yeah, I have a personal Facebook page that uh, is just for personal stuff, even though it kind of bleeds over. Like if I post something for VO, it'll also post it on my personal Facebook page because I just, you know, my friends and family, I like to have them see what I'm up to. But I do have just a business only Facebook page. Mm -hmm. and that's, Do you find benefit out of that? Yeah, I've, yeah, I do. Because here's what's interesting about the business Facebook page. It gives you more options than the personal Facebook page does. In if what you, way? You, um, you get different buttons like, you know, book now or, you know, book a call or things like that on there okay. that you don't get with your personal page. Right. Um, you also have the ability to do paid advertising on a business page mm -hmm. if you okay. want to do that. I've never right, really right, advertised right. my VO services um, but it does give you a few more little things that you can, you know, work with on the business page. That's interesting. Cause I mean, I, I see people have, you know, their actors, Facebook page, their voice actors, Facebook page and stuff like that. And it just makes me wonder, but you bring, I mean, I think what 
is most valuable there is like you said, the extra buttons you get, like the book now, call now kind of thing. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, cause like I, the last thing I want to do is create another page I have to keep up with that doesn't bring in traffic or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I didn't think about that, but I also haven't looked into it myself, but you know, since we have you here, that's good to know. So thanks. Yeah. And it doesn't take much extra time. Like if I, if I'm doing a post, you know, I'll do posts like, uh, and I'm sorry if you hear my dog ringing the doorbell to go outside. I, <laughs> oh, we don't hear anything. At okay, least I'm good. not on my end. <laughs> uh, I was about to shut the door if I needed to, but, um, uh, oh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So like if I post something that's, uh, you know, a, a, a new job that I got or a new client, like on Monday, I'm going to be posting, I picked up American Express as a client. <laughs> nice. So putting that on there on Monday. So it, it takes me less than five minutes to post everywhere. You know, I, I posted on Instagram and of course that's <laughs> connected to my Facebook account. So it'll post on both of those at the same time. And then I drop it in on LinkedIn and then on uh, Twitter and then on my business Facebook account and I'm done. I mean, less than five minutes. That's really convenient um, and nice. Yeah. yeah. That is good. I like that. So how often is there a sweet spot for each of those different platforms on how often to post? Man, that's such a moving target. It, yeah. There's always, there's always, you know, some new article coming out telling you the best days and the best times and then, you know, the, the frequency to post on social media. I'll be honest. I don't follow the, all that stuff. I just, when something <laughs> pops up, I'll put it out there. Yeah. You know, I do have a thing that I've been doing on Tuesdays called Testimonial Tuesday, where I'll put a testimonial from a client uh, on Tuesdays. Um, I like to do posts on Monday because uh, I also use the hashtag I love Mondays, which is uh, just because, I mean, most people hate their jobs and they hate going back to work on Mondays, whereas we get to come in here and do this cool thing every Monday, mm -hmm. right? right so it's, you know, I put the hashtag I love Mondays on there. So on Mondays is usually when I post a new, uh, like if I've got a new client or something like that. Um, and then it's just random. If I get a, a you know, a, a, a video back from a client that I've worked on or something, you know, that, that they've put out there, I'll post it whenever I get it. I mean, there's really no rhyme or reason it, you could spend all time trying to figure out the best way to hack or, you know, to game the system. And right, right. I'm just not going to deal, deal with it. <laughs> I've got too much to do. But I think I having those all the time about email, you know, yeah. only send emails Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, between these hours. Yeah. All right. I was on the other side for 30 years. Mm -hmm. I opened all my emails all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's a magic day in time. Nope. You know, never send them over the weekend. Well, they may not open them over the weekend, but they're coming to work Monday and they'll get to it. That's the you reason know, I, that I, I don't do just send it when you can. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, and that's what's great about it is that you can do it any time of day or night if you want to. You could send emails at 3 a.m. if you needed to. Right. Um, or schedule them to be sent, whatever. Um, that's the reason why I don't really do as many cold calls. Well, when I first started doing this, I did a lot of cold calling. Um, and then I started doing the email marketing and I found that email marketing is... I mean, I, I get about the same response rate via email versus cold calling so much so that I've now hired an assistant to do that part of it for me. Um, mm -hmm. She's been working for me now for about a month and it's going great. Um, she just, I, I, she has access to my CRM. She goes in, I've got templates in there. She does the research, she sends them out. And then when they reply back, then of course, then it's 
you that's know, when you take over cool. right yeah yeah now let me ask you this cool. is that is that something like you put out like a feeler through like some kind of job thing or did you go through va for v or v yeah va for vo no i used uh one that my wife uses um and i you know what something let me find out what the, <laughs> i've almost forgotten what the name of the company is it's like iWorker or something like that let me see here and i and i take I, it yeah. iWorker is not necessarily vo specific they just have no, like no. experience in lead generation in general right. you just got to give yep. them the parameters and then <clears throat> yeah so. it is iWorker um and basically it you do have to train them you know you have to kind of show them the ropes sure. and tell them how to go and look up you know do the googling and look up the companies and find something to talk about on their website. You know, I like that one video on your site with the thing and the guy with the shirt and whatever, you know, be personalized. Um, and then just show them how to use the CRM and they crank it out. Um, what's great about her is that she has specialty in that lead generation space. So she mm. uses things like Apollo and stuff like that yeah. to actually go in and find email addresses and names. Uh, and then she also connects on LinkedIn for them. Um, so she'll wow. find them. She sends an email to the person. Then she follows up on LinkedIn to connect there. So it's kind of a twofer. Yep. And I take it, I mean, this might be a stupid question, but I take it people that work through iWorker, they're like vetted and stuff like that. Yeah, they have to be able to trust them because if they have access to certain things of your personal information. So Yep. Well, that's kind of why I, I wanted to make sure that... Um, that's why I gave her access to my CRM and not my email. Now she can send from my email through my CRM, but she doesn't have access to my actual like login information for my email. Gotcha. She has log information for the CRM only. And of gotcha. course I've got a list of uh, templates in there of all kinds of scenarios that she can use. Um, what CRM do you use, Mike? I use Close. Close? Yeah, C-L-O-Z-E. Okay. Um, I was using voice overview for years, but I found that, that it was a little limited on the CRM front. Um, I mean, it's great for tracking, you know, work and expenses and stuff like that. But, um, close has a bunch of really good advanced features, uh, like mail merge and stuff like that, where I can literally send, uh, with a click of a button, I can send an email to every single client of mine that will actually call them by name, you know, in the email, make it personal, um, and send it to all of them with one button. In fact, it just reminds me, I need to send one today to everybody because I'm going to be out of the office next Friday and I got to make sure that everybody knows that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I had not we, heard of clothes. That's a new one. Yeah. It no, was, I hadn't either. It was originally created for the, uh, real estate industry uh -huh. and, I've tried, I've looked at a bunch of different ones. I looked at uh, um, HubSpot and Basecamp and, um, of course, Salesforce. Is, that, that's too big. That's too much of a overkill. <clears throat> um, what were some of those? Uh, nip, <clears throat> excuse me, Nimble. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I found Close to be, you know, so far the most user-friendly and, you know, it has all the stuff that I need and it, and it doesn't break the bank. Yeah. 
Yeah, we also have been looking at, or actually I'm using right now, it's called Less Annoying CRM. (laughs) And it is just what it says. It's very basic, very simple, easy to navigate, and like 15 bucks a month. Nice. You just, you just can't beat it. Less annoying. And, uh, well, at least we're honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But close, that, that's that's another good example for listeners to go yep. check out because I there's did. so many. And I know, uh, I guess it was Brad Newman that was shutting his down, I think, because of difficulties keeping things going and paying people and et cetera, et cetera. So, you well, know, it's got to be a hard that's, business. That's the upper level, right? Yeah, yeah upper, upper level. level. That's the right. thing about him. I, I was open to trying his out, but I could never find any sort of like, like, um, walk through or, or I couldn't even see it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like there was nowhere you could go and, and look at it and see what it was all about. Like right. you just had to kind of trust, I guess, that it was what it was. Um, right. Brad's awesome though. I mean, he's who I use for my hosting, for my website and stuff. Yep. So yeah, yeah yep. he's the man. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Okay. We talk a lot about on the show about the mental side of mm being in the booth all day and and sometimes getting in our head when we're trying to audition or perform in the booth and how important it is to get outside of the booth, to get some sunshine. Jake and I are big disc golfers and Troy loves the horses. He gets out on the horses and rides and he gets sunshine when he's on the tractor, right, Troy? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tractor time is good time. Talk about your skateboarding hobby and what that is for you, how important it is for you to get out in the sunshine. Oh, man. Is that a Frankenstein Uh, board? (laughs) What's that? That board, that bottom board looks like, uh, and maybe I'm misquoting, isn't that like uh, based off of uh, Van Halen's guitar? It is. In fact, it's funny you mention that because I just (laughs) finished building the Frankenstein replica. And the reason I just did that last weekend on that board, that's one of my old boards. I was like, you know what? Now that I know how to do this paint job, I'm going to Frankenstein everything. So I started (laughs) painting. I I did that. I did a little bottle, water bottle and stuff. But uh, yeah, I I built a custom, like, Frankenstein, uh, Eddie Van Halen tribute guitar, uh, That's amazing. and building it. It's still in process, but, um, but as far as skateboarding, <clears throat> like I said earlier, I started, you know, I mean, I started skateboarding when I was like 12. Um, but, uh, I quickly kind of got a, you know, a love for it and started doing it. And like I said, for a while there did it professionally. And, um, it's something that I still do. I mean, I'm 51 years old, about to be 52 next month, and and I still do it and love it. And in between being, you know, broken or whatever, I, I still try to do it as much as I can. Um, built a pool in our backyard uh, specifically for skateboarding uh, that we swim in the summertime and we skate in the wintertime. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, this summer, or I'm sorry, this Sunday is the first session for uh, – for this winter season because we have everybody over on Sundays and a bunch of old dudes come out and some young guys and girls come out and skate every Sunday. And I try to live stream it on my Facebook and stuff. And it's, uh, it's fun. So, uh, still try to do that when I can. And it's nice to be able to just hop in the backyard and like you said, get, you know, you know, get your power from earth's yellow sun. Um, (laughs) also a reason why I bought this new booth with windows because I used to be in the closet um, so I came out of the closet and <laughs> got this booth. Now I've got sunlight that I can see that way. I've got, I've even got this one o- or the blinds open. See, if I do this, I can see right out into the, into the, uh, into the field next door. So it's, it's cool. That's awesome. Big help. Big help. Yeah. Mike, have you found like I have, which I just turned 60 
Have oh, you found great. like I have? I know when I fall off of a horse these days, the the recovery time is just slightly longer than it was in my thirties. Yeah, you think? <laughs> yep. And the bruise factor has definitely changed when I hit the ground. I used to I could get up and you know the next day there was no bruise, there was no yellow black stuff. Now it's like my whole leg turns black. I don't Dude. know what the heck's going on. Yeah, but here's the thing. Um, you know, you got to keep doing that stuff to stay young or at least to stay mentally young. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I'm not doing the stuff that I did in my twenties and thirties on a skateboard. You know, right. I, I'm not getting air anymore. I'm just, I just like to carve and go fast and, 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 uh, try to, you know, I've realized that I have to kind of dial back my, my, uh, skill level a little bit because I still feel 20 when I'm skating and I, and I have yeah. to, really make sure that I'm not getting out there and, and getting too gnarly and same here. Crazy. I no longer go off the 15 foot cliffs or drops. Uh, <laughs> I used to teach my horses to belly slide down stuff. Whoa. I don't do that anymore. Crazy. You know, and I mean, I'm talking about, you know, 70, 80 feet. Wow. You know, on a pretty steep incline and the horse would just sit down on his rump and slide down through there. Like, you know, going down a slide. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah. I used to do all that stuff and, you know, get off in deep water, you know, uh, right up to the horse's neck and you know, wow. nah, not anymore. I, yeah. I love to go trail ride on nice government maintained flat trails. Mm -hmm. Still these days, I don't mind climbing a small hill here and there or going down in a ditch or whatever, but no, I'm not, uh, I'm not evil Knievel anymore. Right. <laughs> <Those days laughs> are over. We always have to, you know, it sucks getting old, but you know, I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's inevitable. So we just gotta, you know, kind of Go along with it and do our yeah, best. Just to adjust and keep going and don't give up. Yeah. You know, yeah. Keep going. See, I like in disc golf, there's, I still, I play competitively and I didn't start playing competitively until several years ago, but there's age brackets. So I oh, can play yeah. with all the other people in their fifties. Yeah. Well, there is in skateboarding too, like in competition. I mean, like yeah. when I, when I skate in contests, there's like a, you know, there's a 40 and up and a 50 and up kind of division. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'm competing against other geriatrics <laughs> like myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. You know, um, especially for the mental side that you can focus competitively on something that's outside of what you do in the grind of day in and day mm -hmm. out. Right. So, oh, yeah. um, I think it's healthy for you to try to improve at something that's not your day to day. You know, I, I, All right, so I, I got a question kind of outside the realm of the hobbies, and, and it just hit me all of a sudden, and I think Mike can probably give us a little insight. We saw this huge influx of people, and I, you know, I was one of them in 2020 who got into this, whether by accident or somebody pointed you this way, and you got in it, and, and there were a lot of people who did between 2020 and probably early 2022 or whatever during all of the shutdowns and everything that went on. Yeah. What is... I sort of see a trend and Paul Smith put out a video about this a few weeks ago that there's a mass exodus. I don't know if there's, if we call it that, there's a lot of freaking gear for sale. I've noticed yeah. that on Facebook <laughs> and everywhere, Yeah. but are, are you seeing the traffic you saw of people starting up coming to you for help that you saw then? Is it going down or are you seeing maybe more people coming back, trying to learn more and up their game so they can stay in and not fall out? Um, that's a really good question. And it's funny that you say that. Cause I literally, in the last five minutes, I got an email from somebody on my website wanting to talk about, you know, getting into voiceover, but, um, it's interesting that I think a lot of people got scared by AI. 
So they think mm-hmm. that, you know, there's like, oh, you know, here comes the AI, you know, voiceover's dead. I'm not, I'm going to get out, you know, while the getting's good and whatever. And, and that's probably part of it. Um, but to answer the question, I really have not seen either an influx or a decline in people who are trying to, you know, kind of get in to the business. Um, I can see how that would happen, though. I mean, because like you said, there's a lot of people who got into this during that time, either they were downsized or, or whatever. And, you know, people told them that they had a nice voice and they thought they should do something with it. And that's great. Um, but there's a lot of people who just don't have what it takes, not performance wise. Well, maybe a little performance wise, but on the marketing side and Mm -hmm. the, you know, being willing to go out there and just do the, the grind of mm-hmm. getting yourself out in front of the people that need to that you need to be in front of. Of all the people that I've worked with over the years, the ones who are still successful, you two included, are the ones who know what to do and go and do it day in and day out. Um, if you want to make this a a career, you have to put that kind of work into it. Yeah, right. I mean, you can be a hobbyist, you can be a side hustle, you know, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, but if you really want to do this full time, you have to have the you know the right bait to use a fishing analogy, which is your demos, right, and website and everything. Yep. You have to have great sound quality, and you have to have the marketing. Mm-hmm. Without one of those three things, you're done. It's like a three legged right. stool. You take one yep. leg out, it's done. So I think that's what a lot of people do is they go, they think they see the glamorous side of voiceover and they're like, yeah, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. And then they get in and they realize that it's not so glamorous Mm -hmm. most of the time and it's work and they don't have what it takes to go. And so I think that's what happens. I, I, I caught you on something and, and, uh, you gave yourself away. You're, you, you actually Tennessee'd on a word. What did I say? You, you perfectly <laughs> said, get out G E T get out perfectly. Yeah. Then you said, while the getting's good. While the getting's good. <laughs> <laughs> and now my ear is so tuned to that stuff with yeah. all this coaching I've had on dialect. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, he did it. So we can say awesome. Mike is actually from the Knoxville, Tennessee area, but he was able to <laughs> shed his accent quite well. For the most part. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did do a bunch of dialect coaching myself. Um, and plus, just not living there anymore helps. You know, when sure, you're, yeah. 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 you're seeing the opposite here because we're, we have such an influx of people moving in here that are not from here. Mm. And we're seeing the younger generation, they're not hearing what we heard. 30, 40 years ago. Right. They're hearing a lot of different accents at school. They're hearing more general, uh, you know, American yep. English. Yep. And it is really changing that, which is amazing to me. And then the other taboo thing I, I would like for us to touch on before we go, and Alden, you may have this on this list. Let's talk about that thing called Fiverr. Oh, no. <laughs> Fiverr sometimes to some people, you know, to the, uh, and then some people say the, the older generation, and I understand it. I totally understand why some of those people hate it like they hate it. Uh, I totally understand where they see it as a cheap out and et cetera, et cetera. But as some of us sitting here know, uh, and, and for me, Fiverr is still a spoke in my wheel. It's a small Mm -hmm. spoke. Same here. It's a, it's a 10% or less of what I do a month, but 
it's only one or two orders and they're always close to industry rate or above industry rate at times. I don't book $5 orders there. Did I suffer through the first year and a half to get to where <laughs> I could? Yes, I did. I did. And I get it was a start. <laughs> but let's kick that can just for a second. All right. So I think a lot of the, uh, we'll call them um, industry, old school, what do we want to call them? Uh, you know, SAG kind of after people. Traditionalist. Yeah, maybe maybe the SAG after people too. Um, they still think that there are, that Fiverr is only about those $5 a holler type jobs. There's another Knoxville for you, holler. $5 a holler. I love that. Um, but uh, they think it's because that's what it started as, right? I mean, that's right. how it got its name, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And so it was five <laughs> bucks. But um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you can get industry or above rates on there. I mean, you can set your own rates no matter what, where you are, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's changing. Now, I will say that you know, speaking of AI again, that those jobs on Fiverr are going to be the ones that are gobbled up first. Absolutely. By AI. Yeah. And they already right. are, I'm sure. I think they already are. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, most of those, well, I don't want to say most of those jobs, but many of those jobs on Fiverr, the, the buyer is just looking for something that's good enough. You know, right. those YouTube right you know, videos and, you know, all that low end stuff. They're realizing now that for the amount of one, for the price of one voiceover that they would pay a human to do, they can buy some software and do all of their videos forever. Right. And so that's, those are the jobs that are getting eaten up first. And so, right. um, but there are still people on there willing to pay good money for good work. Right. Um, and you know, I, I'm not going to tell anybody how to put food on their table. Right. right. You know, there are some of these, uh, these people who try to make themselves feel better by talking bad about platforms, uh, that other people are on to kind of, you know, I don't know why they do it, but, um, but yeah, I'm not going to tell anybody how to make money. And right. as long as it's an ethical way to go, mm -hmm. knock yourself out. Yeah, and I, I'm I understand their opinion. I'm very good friends with someone who grew up in this industry, has been in this industry 40, 45 years, mm -hmm. and they hate it. And they, but they also understand why it was invaluable to new people mm -hmm. for the last several years to learn and train and try to practice and make some money, and then invest that money mm -hmm. to get better and better and get off of there, which makes sense. My opinion on it all right now is if you're starting now. You're not going to have the luck that we had three or four years ago breaking into there, getting some work and building through those levels. I think it's twice as hard or even harder now Probably. than it was a few years ago. Because I see so many people posting, you know, and I've heard their demos and they're not bad, hmm. but they'll say, I've been on there four months and haven't gotten my first job. I see a well, lot of that. So, Like you said, with the influx of people um, who jumped on there in the last few years, you know, it's volume. There's a lot of people on there, yeah. right? And so, you know, the buyers are having to hack through all of these different profiles, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, because it is seen as kind of an entry level type right. situation, yeah. you know, you get, right. you get your feet wet a little bit with some recording and editing and working with scripts and clients and stuff. You make a little bit of money and 
like you said, reinvest that into your business uh, or coaching or whatever you're trying to do. Um, and then, you know, work up from there. But the goal should always be to diversify. Um, there's been so many people who jump on Fiverr and they have their entire business in Fiverr, right? right. Or I've heard right. of these in the past where right. if all of a sudden Fiverr just went away or changed something about their business model, their business is done. Or yeah. break their TOS. Yeah, right, right. They'll pull exactly. the plug on you in a hurry. I've seen that happen. Yeah, yeah. So, a couple of times. That's one one of the other reasons why, just like the pay to play reason, you know, I just don't like to work within the confines of some somebody's platform. Mm -hmm. I would much rather just work directly with people who are going to be much easier to deal with, most likely higher rates, um, and just so much. It's more freeing, you know, to do that. Yeah, you yeah. can't build a relationship with a platform. No, you just, no, you can't. no, no, no. No. And we've we've talked about my story on there. I was when I hit TOS or top level uh, seller, um, I was making five, six thousand dollars a month for a while. Yeah. And then it I think that's when the influx happened and we got so many. Mm -hmm. You know, I I feel like I've done well if I've made twelve, fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. At this yeah. Point. But even that, I mean, that's better than nothing, right? That's it a is, it is. that's a you know, but, that's, exactly. but I can't build yeah. my voiceover career around it. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Right. Um, if it's one spoke in your revenue wheel, that's fine. Yeah. Just like Upwork, you know, and yeah. I've found yeah. that Upwork, the rates can be a little bit better on Upwork. Um, you know, you kind of get a little bit, you know, higher echelon of, of customer on there. Right. I mean, yeah, there's still the crap, but right. sure, you'll get a little <laughs> bit of, you know, better pay on there. But um, with all of those platforms, that should just be a single spoke in your full revenue wheel. Um, right. where most of it should be direct marketing yeah, or direct clients. Yep. Yeah. I know when I started on Fiverr, August, September, August, I guess it was a 2020, there were like 700 new gigs for voiceover and mm -hmm. you go on there, look now and there's probably six, 7,000. Wow. Yeah. It's really changed. Well, you know, if there is an exodus, um, as you mentioned earlier, then, you know, maybe that'll maybe that'll change. But, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, even if there is, I think the AI stuff uh, is going to be, it's going to make that moot. Anyway. I agree. It's just going to yeah, be, gonna be gone. And, and you got to wonder how many of that 6,000 profiles are even active. True. You know, people yeah, true. set them up and they're going to do it and then they never go look. And But what that does is it clogs the algorithm because Fiverr is still churning those profiles. Yeah. What does it turn those profiles even if they shut their shut their thing down? Because, you know, I made that one earlier shut it this down, year just to kind of away, test but, water, but yeah, if the water. Yeah. If, if you shut it down and take it off, it, yeah, it comes out of, the, out of the equation. We're not going to see that in there as a number. But if it's left active and they just don't fool with it. Yeah, they just ignore it. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's another that. thing that I think happens too is that people, you know, they get their blue Yeti and plug it into their laptop and 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 they think that they're doing voiceovers, um, you know, in their kitchen or whatever. Right. So, you right. know, you never know how many, you know, what percentage of the people who are on there are not quality, sure. you know, people who, who really are going to do a good job for people, right? So, yep. like you said, it's going to be, it's going to clog the clog the system up. 
Yeah, and that's going to make it harder for you if you have had training and stuff and you think, well, that's an outlet. I should go in there and try it. Don't let that frustrate you. If you've had the right training and everything, your yeah. results you're getting on that platform may not be a reflection of your ability. So get with somebody like Mike, get evaluated, let him talk to you and help you through that because you could just be on the wrong path. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what the, uh, that high, going back to that hybrid thing before, I mean, the end goal of a hybrid demo is to have a pro quality demo. I mean, if, if, if you listen to the hybrid demos that I've worked on with people over the years, they are pro quality. So at that point, you, you know, you're, the shackles are off. You're mm-hmm. not limited to just those platforms. I mean, if you're right. working with kind of a DIY situation, you pretty much have to live in the fibers and upworks, you know, of the world. But once you actually get a pro quality demo, sky's the limit. Then you can go out and start doing your direct marketing and going straight to the source and getting that work. And I'll say that I feel like that's where I got a lot of value out of your coaching, Mike, is uh, we did the DIY for my narration demo, but I also had a DIY commercial demo that I had done. Mm -hmm. You listened to it and gave me some tips and helped me upgrade that to where and, and gave me the confidence to use it for marketing. Yeah. You know, because you said, hey, you can market with this. You should be sending this out because I had not at that point done any direct email marketing. Yeah. And uh, Mike also helped me build my website, which gave me a, a great business card to put in front of people. So, yeah, those yeah. are the two big, you know, your 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 demos and your web presence are paramount uh, for yeah. direct marketing because the whole ball game when you're doing direct marketing is driving people to your website. Because that's yep. where they're going to hear, you know, they're going to hear all your your stuff and learn more about you. Never attach anything to an email, especially a cold email. Right. Right. Obviously, if they ask you to send them something afterwards, then that's do different. that. But but never initially send out a cold email with an, att- an attachment because it'll go straight to the trash or to spam or whatever. But yeah, that's why your website should just really just be great. And then the demos on that website should be great as well. And that's your bait. And then you just start, you just keep casting. Yep. Awesome. So, I mean, I'm sure at this point, people listening might be curious about your services. Where can they find you? Where, where would you tell them to go, uh, to, to look at those services and how could they contact you if they need to do that? Uh, they can shoot me an email, Mike at MikeHathcote.com. Um, or they can just go to MikeHathcote.com. Uh, I've got a, an email or, you know, a contact form on there. Um, feel free to reach out and, uh, we can, Hop on a call, uh, just discuss, you know, where they are, you know, where they are currently, where they want to go, what they, yeah. what they've been doing, what they, you know, want to do, and we'll just go from there. Everything awesome. is kind of tailored to the the specific needs of the the person. That's yeah, awesome. That was my and other re- question. Was yeah, go ahead, Jake. Well, I was going to say, and also, you know, if people are curious about, you know, like for instance, your Instagram, just to kind of see maybe some skateboarding or see some stuff you do in your life. What's your Instagram? Is it Mike Hathcote as well? At Mike Hathcote. Yep. Nice. Okay. Yep. Nice and simple, guys. So all those, all those are there. on my website as well, which is another big important thing on your website. Put all your social right uh, media links on there, uh, right up top where everybody can see them. Um, all those are on the top right of my website. So feel free to jump on there. And it's H A T H C O T E. A lot of people misspell it, but uh, sure. Yeah. Not like a winter coat. <clears throat> right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like a coyote. <laughs> so to the listeners, before we close out, um, if you're needing to upgrade your demo or, you know, get some good coaching from Mike, reach out to him and you can do that. And uh, and I appreciate 
coaches like Mike that will even meet with you in a quick Zoom call just to see where you're at and what you're expecting, you know? So, um, and they all the time do that. It's just a quick Zoom call yeah. and you can get some feedback and uh, get set up. So do you still do like the six pack? Uh, I do. Uh, I've changed it up since then. It's been several years. I do. I do a different kind of thing around the hybrid demos. Um, it's actually five sessions now. But basically the way it works is, is the first session is we go and find all the scripts that we need um, based on usually your your interests. I always like to make sure that uh, the client, you know, has some sort of a connection to the copy. You know, mm -hmm. if you if you drive a Honda, then we'll go find a Honda spot or if you, you know, whatever. So we try to find the scripts on the first one. The next two are practice sessions where we work on the performance, the very important performance aspect of everything. Um, and if we need to add more sessions in there, we can usually two is enough, but sometimes, you know, different skill levels and whatever, we add another one, but, uh, and then we have the directed session that's session number four, where they're recording on their side, I'm directing on my side, we get all this, you know, scripts down. Um, and then the last session, the fifth session is what I call the snippets where we pick the pieces of each spot that we're going to use. And then we put them in the right order to make sure that there's a good flow and, you know, nothing too similar is close to each other and everything and put it all together. And that's the demo. Awesome. Awesome. And that's a little simplified, but I mean, that's basically sure. how they, how they work. Yeah. But that's yeah. the format. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's been great to have you on, Mike. I appreciate you coming and joining us and answering so many questions. And I hope people take advantage of, uh, some coaching with you. I know it helped me get my career off the ground and I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. appreciate you guys. Same, and same for me. Super big proud. For me. Thank you, sir. And, and Jake, I don't, I don't really know you, but I do know, you know, Alden and Troy and, and super proud of the work that both you guys have done. I mean, it, it warms my heart. You know, when I see people <laughs> who, who I worked with early on, who are now just out there slaying and, uh, right. It's, it's killer. I love it. Well, I was going to ask, you know, are there some notable voiceovers that you've coached? But I figured you were just going to say <laughs> Troy and Alden. Uh, right. be it. Uh, well, you, you literally, I'm serious. You two are two that I would, that I would put right up there. Um, there, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, do you guys know Randy Scott? That rings I've heard that name. Yep. Not, not Mark Scott, Randy Scott. Right. Um, Randy's killing it. Um, I mean, I, she's, I, I got, I don't have enough fingers to, to name them. Um, um, do you guys know Gerald Nicholson? I don't I think know so. that one. Gerald, uh, is somebody I worked with several years ago. He is now the official voice of the black news channel, which is kind of like the CNN for African-Americans. Wow. Oh, um, cool. He's got like the, he's got a real deep kind of James Earl Jones kind of a, yeah. you know, Perfect. thing. Yeah. And so he's, uh, he's, he ended up being the, uh, uh, the voice of that station, uh, or of that cable news channel. Um, oh, you put me on the spot here. I'm trying to think. Uh, <laughs> no pressure. If you, I mean, you know, I'm sure your right. students appreciate yeah. you regardless and we know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's always fun though, to see the people that, like I said, are willing to get out there and get dirty, um, yeah. actually make it and make it big. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It, it's great. That's so cool. That's so Good cool. Stuff. Well, we do need to wrap up. We're just yep. under an hour. And uh, again, Mike, it's been great to have you for another VO podcast with Jake, Troy, and Alden. It's been fun. See ya. Take care. 
Thanks for making it all the way through another VO podcast with Jake, Alden, and Troy. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at anothervopodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to like or comment on your podcast platform. We drop episodes every week and interview peers once a month also. If you have something you'd like to ask or topics in mind we need to discuss, let us know. Otherwise, we hope to see you next week right here on another VO Podcast.